Good morning. Happy Saturday. <laughs> the sun is shining. Uh, it's not 112 degrees. <laughs> uh, thank you all for coming. This is just a thrill for me. I'm Delegate Robin Lewis. I'm one of the delegates representing the 46th District. And most of you live in the 46th District, but some of you probably live in the 45th. But that's okay. We're going to figure all that out. We're all neighbors and friends. We have the same needs. We have the same challenges. And we can work together to create the same solutions. So what I'm going to do uh, is just get everybody ready for the work we're going to do in the next 90 minutes. We're going to end today at 11.30 to make good use of your time. We'll try to keep st to stick to our agenda. This is not the last time we'll meet. First of all, we're neighbors, so we'll see each other again. Uh, but what I'd like to do is make this Livable Streets Advisory Group something that we carry on for a while till we get what we want out of it. So again, welcome. Uh, I want to first um, thank all of you for coming, taking time out of your Saturday morning. I want to give a shout out to my friends and staffers who put this event together. Everybody, please uh, celebrate Harley. <laughs> Harley is the Policy and Engagement Director for the Livable Streets Advisory Group. She's a neighbor in Patterson Park. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Chrisley. Chrisley, stand up and wave. <laughs> Chrisley is in college, but she's working as the Community Engagement Coordinator for this advisory group. Uh, Chrisley is a student at University of Baltimore and a neighbor on the far east side of the district. Uh, and I also want to recognize my friend and neighbor, John Wesby, behind the camera, the man behind the camera. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let John say a few words, but the first thing I need you guys to know about John, he's an, a talented filmmaker and film producer. He's a neighbor in Patterson Park neighborhood. Uh, he's a dad, three of the best kids I've ever met, and I'm glad they're his so I didn't have to toilet train them. <laughs> Um, but what John is doing, John's working with the Livable Streets Advisory Group in an interesting and I hope um, productive and exciting way. John is doing his degree at Morgan State in film and communication. Multi-platform production. <laughs> <laughs> that's, he's, he's that cool, like that's <laughs> what he's doing. Uh, he's going to be uh, photographing and filming the work of the advisory group. Why? Because this is unique. Nowhere in Baltimore City has anyone taken the time to bring neighbors together around the issue of transforming our shared public space. It's just not happening. What, what does happen is top-down decisions come and folks are supposed to adapt. That's no way to build community. That's no way to create the city we want. This is a grassroots up uh, effort. You guys are all part of it. And John's going to help us document it. I'm going to let him say a few words to tell you more about multi-platform messaging. Good morning, all. So our objective for today is to have a podcast of this entire meeting. We have a microphone that's set up here to capture the entire room. I have two handheld microphones here on this chair connected to an audio recording device. The challenge is 
I'm a student, I have limited funds, my cords only stretch a maximum of 10 feet, which means I can probably get to one side, but I can't get to the other side. So in between trying to take pictures, I'm also going to try to manage the microphone. It would help if we manage this as a community together. If we see a neighbor that wants to speak and doesn't have the mic, we you know, tap the neighbor. We try and get the attention of someone that has the mic to pass it to them. It's okay if you can't get a mic, I'll still be able to hear you here, so don't feel pressured. It's just the best audio from the microphone, and we want this to be the best product at the end of the day. I also have two cameras in which I'll be floating around just grabbing reaction shots. You guys are going to have an activity, and I'm also going to try and capture some, some images of that. At the conclusion of this meeting, I would love to hear personal stories that how this initiative will help your community, how it will help your family, your institutions that you may represent. Any testimonies that you're willing to give would really help us create a compelling story. At the end of all of this, no at the end of all of this, we hope to compile, we will compile a multi-platform or a multimedia uh, presentation between the podcast, videos that Robin's helped us with, your testimonies, a written documentation, and also the findings and the, the solutions that we come together with. So thank you all for your participation. I really do appreciate you all. I know I spoke with some people that wish not to be video photographed, and that's fine. If that's the case, which I really hope it's not, because your voices are so important to telling the story that you'll allow me and, give, and grant me the permission to do this. For those who have personal stories, please come to me at the conclusion. We can step some time, make some time. And if you don't have time today, I can take your contact information. I'd love to come to your community to videotape what your issue actually is. Thank you all for your cooperation. Have a great meeting. Okay, thank you. So not only is John's helping us document the work we're doing and amplify the work we're doing, this will help him get his degree. He can use this as a project at Morgan State. <laughs> and we'll all, be, we'll all come and dance at your graduation. Uh, so thank you guys. Thank you, John. I'm following the agenda, and I hope you guys all have a copy. If you don't, there's one up front. I want to also make sure you guys are aware that you can reach me anytime. Um, I left some business cards up front as well. The Livable Streets Advisory Group has a Facebook page. If you're on Facebook and you haven't joined, I urge you to do so, because we'll be communicating a lot through that uh, mechanism. So why are we here? What is the Livable Streets Advisory Group about? First of all, first and foremost, we're here to talk and to listen to each other. This is not your typical public meeting. We're not going <laughs> to argue. Basic ground rules, listen to understand, be tolerant and patient. Everyone comes here with a different experience and everyone has something to share. One of the reasons I created this group is because there are several neighborhoods that are affected by high traffic, by poor air quality, by uneven development, um, by poor representation. A year ago, this all came to a head for me. I was asked to help solve what was really a communication problem in the neighborhoods that are in the livable streets area. And I just want to bring your attention to this map. It might be a little hard to see now, but you'll interact with this later. This is also visible on the Facebook page. 
What we're doing today, kicking off this Livable Streets group, we're going to focus on the area where all of us live. It's an area bounded by Washington Street, Fayette, Highland, and Madison. I'm calling this a Livable Streets focus area for now. Do you know what happened when I started talking about Livable Streets? People all over the city called and emailed and direct messaged me asking if they could be part of this. Because there's a hunger, there's a, a crying out for attention to the things that matter for the way we live, the way the public domain is designed and, and, and used. But I really want to start right here because this is the area where my attention, was, my attention was first drawn. I think if we can figure out how to focus on creating livability in the area where we all live, we can teach the rest of the city how it's done. How to bring people together with different interests and needs, people with different challenges, neighborhoods with historic disinvestment and discrimination, neighborhoods that maybe aren't as well represented as others, this is an opportunity for us to redesign how public uh, discourse happens and how decisions get made about the public domain. So what's livability? I could tell you what it is for me, but you guys are going to explore what it means for you. And one of the outcomes of this group is going to be recommendations on how you want your neighborhood, your streets, your community designed, how you want to move around, how you want to help your neighbors enjoy the public domain. Livability is what you guys say it is. And we're going to explore that here in a, in a, in a loving and patient and open way. Uh, I want to start you out with a challenge. And then I'm going to go to uh, expectations. So here's a challenge. Think about this fact. Our city is about one-third streets. The surface area of our city, about one-third of it is streets and roads. Did you ever think of that? Think about your house. Let's say your house is 1,000 square feet. That's, that's like three rooms. Let's say your house is three rooms. It's 1,000 square feet. One-third of your house is one of the rooms. That's not insignificant. One-third of our city is made up of streets. But somehow, we have very little sense of control over how those streets are designed, how we use them, how they feel. We have very little direct impact on 30% of the city's surface area. That's crazy. I challenge you to think of the street as an extension of your house. If it becomes an extension of your house, does that change how you feel about it? Will that change your expectations of it? I can tell you one thing. A third of my house had you know, gigantic Mack trucks speeding down it and spewing pollution. I would have some objections, and I'd be asking for some changes. And that's what this group, I hope, will give you guys a chance to do. Think of the streets in a new way. Envision, imagine, share how those streets can be different, and then come together. Whatever recommendations you make, I'm being told talking too much, um, whatever recommendations you make, I'm going to use them working with my colleagues to transform your visions into the real changes that you want to see. I'd like to stop right this second and welcome 
my colleague, Delegate Stephanie Smith. She's not only my friend, she's a superstar and an amazing human. Did you bring one of the babies? Did I yeah. see the baby? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Steph delegate Stephanie Smith is, like me, a state delegate. She represents the 45th district. The 45th district basically starts north of Orleans Street. So if you live north of Orleans, Delegate Smith is one of your delegates. If you live south of Orleans, I'm one of your delegates. But I think if you just look at the two of us, you can tell you are like amazingly represented here. <laughs> uh, and I'm so pleased you're here. Uh, I guess we'll be leaving together to the next. Uh, one thing I must say before I um, get to the next part of the agenda, uh, I am very sad to tell you that I have another task force meeting down in Brooklyn. Anybody know where Brooklyn is? It's a neighborhood <laughs> in Baltimore. Um, it's on the far south side of the 46th district. The neighbors down there are crying out for help on some issues and these two meetings conflicted. I wanted to kick this off and I'm gonna leave you in excellent hands. Uh, as we go through the rest of the agenda, you'll see we're gonna talk about expectations, what each of you wants to get out of this group, what kind of activities you might wanna do, what kind of changes to the streetscape that you might wanna see. Uh, you'll organize yourself. Maybe you'll create some like subcommittees or little subworking groups. But you'll get your expectations met. Then there'll be an exercise, a mapping exercise, where you'll use this cool uh, image to pinpoint locations where you have issues and where you want to see change. After that, there'll be a little bit of brainstorming, and, and um, my team, Harley, Chrysaly and John will help document the brainstorming ideas you come up with. And then there'll be a closeout. Now, um, Delegate Smith and I will be running out the door in just a second. I'd like to ask Harley to come up because I'm going to hand her the baton. Before we go, before we go, uh, could I get a show of hands? How many people in this room live south of Orleans Street? South of Orleans Street. So the, maybe half? You are in the best possible position. Depends on which side, the south side of the street? South side of Orleans? Or the north side of Orleans? No, they live on Orleans. Are you in the south side of Orleans or the north side of Orleans? I think it's the north. Yeah, I think it's the north. Okay. Yeah. You're closer to Fayette, then you're on the south side of the street. Yeah, thank you, Dean. Somebody. Um, so uh, you're in the 46th. If you're on the north side of Orleans, you're on the 46th. But the, the point just being, uh, this is also the first time that anyone's brought folks together across legislative boundaries. It just doesn't happen, guys. This is an incredibly unique opportunity where you'll have not only your state reps from the 46th and 45th working together, bless you, but I want you to know that your council reps are on board with this initiative as well. Those of you living in the first council district where Zeke Cohen is council person, he's on board. Those of you living north of Orleans, um, councilwoman Shannon Sneed is on board. It's very unusual to have elected officials focused uh, like this and I want you to take full advantage of it, okay? I, I don't wanna go. Yes, so. But I have to go. <laughs> So I'm going to hand the agenda and the program over to my policy and engagement manager, Harley Stokes. She's actually a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
She is a lot of fun, and she's going to make this uh, this next hour or so fun and productive. She's going to make sure that you get what you need out of this uh, experience, and she's going to make sure that we have a, a clear path forward for the next steps, the activities and meetings and things that we'll do. Okay? Okay. Are you kicking me out? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Graceful exit. Yeah. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Feel free to do that now, and we'll just take a few minutes to um, talk about. I'd love to hear a little bit about people's expectations, and then we'll kick off the, the mapping exercise. So maybe to start off, I'd like to know what what inspired you to come here today. Sure, and can you say your name also? Megan Morris, what inspired me to be here is because it's not more about just people, it's about the places that you go. What I'm going to talk about and ask about is when people have no places to go, they go to the park when they have a frustration in their life and they don't know where to turn, they turn to shelters. There used to be recreational centers where people would go just to be off the streets where no crazy violence goes on. I'm going to try to ask about putting a recreational center because it's getting cold. Not everybody's going to be able to be outside on the basketball court. That's usually my thing. So, okay, I'm getting Not every. Not everybody is literally able to get on. So public spaces, parks, safety, 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 safety in place. Okay. Uh, and in terms of um, your expectations for the group, um, I'd also like to hear about that as well. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Tia Price. Uh, I live on Orlean Street. Um, I've lived in Cares for the past five years, but on Orleans for like a year and a half. Um, I am here because, I, like, I do have Mack trucks going down my street, um, but that's been going on for a long time. I've only been experiencing that for a year and a half. I would like to hear the stories of other people that have lived in this neighborhood for a long time, and I hope that their voices are uplifted um, and given space to talk about how the streets were shaped to benefit certain communities and not benefit other communities. And we need to start there with the history before we start talking about change. So I want to be a person that's making sure that those voices are heard because I don't think that they're in this space as much as they should be right now. So history and background is what I heard and raising up voices that are typically not heard. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I'm Mary Hennigan, and I live um, 10 houses off of Orleans Street for the last 33 years on Linwood. And one of my expectations of this group is, is educating those who are coming in from the county, using Orleans, and dropping off either at Hopkins or downtown to T. Robles, who have attitudes towards the city. And I hope that, that with this group, we can make people aware that we live on these streets and we're humans, and we have... Um, a right to not have trash thrown out of the car windows, not have speeding vehicles. Sure. Thank okay. you. And, I, and I'm here because I love Harley dearly. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear relationship with 
uh, people outside safety, of the city. Basically, safety and yeah. trash pollution. And then trash, yeah. Okay, thank you, Mary. Yes, good morning, everybody. Good morning. My name is Linda. I'm right here at the beginning of Elwood Avenue, the 300 block. I've been living here for 19 years. And normally I've been doing since 05, I do an Easter function every year in the park. Mm -hmm. um, my thing is that I've been trying to do speed bumps because they zoom up this little small street and I see Patterson has speed bumps going through. If we can't get speed bumps, I'd rather see if we can get the monitor. Mm -hmm. Something, because we just had a child get hit two months ago. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it shouldn't be where we have to fight to get speed bumps it's a park. Mm -hmm. Kids are there, mm -hmm. and they dodge across the street. You can't keep an eye on them, you know, but this is what I've been trying to do. But since cooking, <laughs> she's here also, so maybe we can work together and try to do something, you know, because it's really needed. No more kids need to get hit, and we need to have our street fixed and the sidewalks fixed. It, it's just raggedy. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Dina Robinson. Um, I also live on Orleans Street, um, and I'm here because I'm tired of hearing the Mack trucks, but I also um, find it troubling that cars speed down Orleans like it's a highway because it is a highway cutting through a residential area. Um, last April, we lost one of our dogs on Orleans Street after he was hit by a car. And for those of us in the room who walk kids to school at Commodore on the walking school bus, Every time after that happened, I would constantly think, what if that had been a child? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm interested to hear the solutions that people have. I'd love to hear about whether the streets have always been like this. Has Orleans always been a highway that cars just speed down without like any consideration for the people that live there? Um, and then brainstorming solutions with folks in the room for how we can make it better and make these streets safe for kids. That's, for whatever reason, for the activity that brings that. Um, and I kept, I've been trying from the minute I moved here to do something about that, speeding, speed bumps, something. Mm -hmm. And my thing was, somebody's going to die. Well, they didn't die, but a kid got hit on my block. Um, somebody blew through a stop sign on North Luzerne, hit someone so hard he flew into the air and landed on a car and was in the hospital for five days. Now, uh, and, and what bothers me is this is a good kid that's, you know, I mean, they're all trying to not go down certain roads. And how is this going to impact his future ability to have a job? when he has issues because of that, when his body is held in certain ways that it wasn't before. Mm -hmm. um, and just within the past year, he got hit, somebody on our block, somebody on um, Lakewood. And I'm seeing that three. We finally got a speeding study. It was supposed to be a month, but it, um, it immediately started gauging speed. So I don't think it's gonna get what we need. What I wanna see is I want to, my hopes are, to look at the issues around speeding, around safety, because that's crucial. People can't change if they're dead. 
That's my motto. Um, and, you know, safety for walkability, better busing, because if we're talking jobs, people need to be able to get to jobs, and they need to be able to have the same access on our side, on the other side of Orleans as other places. Um, I also am concerned about the new CASA building that is being redone. Mm -hmm. And I look at how huge that is. And I look at how, um, with parking, our area was not made for people to have even one car in a house. But when you have families that sometimes there's two, three families, and each family has two cars, and you can have one house taking up the whole block in parking, mm -hmm. what are we going to do when CASA gets full? And all of the programming starts because I don't see any additional parking for that as well. So that's another concern. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, could I just take a minute to um, introduce our neighborhood leadership? If Miss Cookie could stand up, just introduce yourself. Okay. So everyone knows. And okay. Hello. Um, my name is Courtney Barbour. Um, everyone calls me Cookie. Uh, I live in Elwood Park on the 500 block of Elwood Avenue. I've been in Baltimore for two years now, um, and I'm starting a, like a community association for Elwood Park and surrounding neighborhoods. Um, I'm, in, I'm emerging, so yes, that's what I'm doing. Family of Elwood Park. Yeah, we're called the family of Elwood Park. But um, yeah, so that's, I'm here. Thank you. And Miss Magazine, since you're running. Okay. <laughs> um, my name is Maxine Lynch, and I'm the coordinator for Go Check Madison East End. And uh, we're in this area with the top of Limwood and uh, Monument Street on that side. Uh, I don't want to um, fail my test for the boundaries, but we all part of this area, so we're all working together. And I think that we all need to work together because everyone has the same problems. I think it's unfair and I've seen this past practices need to stop because you have your place and he has his place and I have my place, but we all have the same problem. So I would think it would be easier to solve problems if we all unite and do everything that we can to solve the problems because death is from everywhere. Children get hit, we love all our kids, even though it's not personally my child. I would want to see a child get hit or know that a parent had to bury or go visit their child. So we all need to pull together. We have trash everywhere running them up. People come in our communities and drop trash and rot off. They say we can get, a, get the address and all that stuff. They shouldn't do that at all. There should be some type of uh, respect for different communities with people driving in and getting trash. And I think the city should come up with a plan to make it easy and accessible for residents, no matter where you live, to drop trash off so you won't have to fly around and drop trash and mattresses and refrigerators in other communities. Thank you. Thank you. My name is David Harris, uh, president of Gallery Park. Um, this could be a good thing, but we got to understand, like, I disagree on some things, like far as uh, it's two economic uh, development boundaries for me, like far as Gallery Park doesn't have the opportunities that Patterson Park neighborhood has. And so, with that being said, like, when it becomes an issue, we, we don't 
over over Patterson Park boundaries, it might organize a little better. But the thing is, like, when the issues arise and you know one side speaks, nothing happens on this side. Right. Mm -hmm. But when this side speaks, something happens on this side. So we have to change the dynamics of that mm -hmm. because uh, where you see the safety issues coming at. When kids don't have economic opportunity like that, mm -hmm. they're gonna come over here mm -hmm. and try to mm -hmm. take what's over here. Mm -hmm. That's just the, yeah. the whole thing. Not sure. Like I seen it the other day where we started. Like we understand the trash issues. Trash issues are huge in Baltimore City. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of trash and not enough people to collect the trash. Like if we come together and begin to develop economic opportunity through with uh, different neighborhoods across the sectors by the issues that we have, like trash. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and for instance, I'm gonna tell you what I did the other day. Last week, we started a trash collection business for people on McElroy Park. You'll go around different neighborhoods and collect trash. Those kids didn't have no way to work. They made a decent wage mm -hmm. for the day. And now they ain't, they're not looking to come over here and rob nobody or steal from nobody because they got an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was, you said something about the, so, so with that being said, if we cross the sectors and help build up over here, mm -hmm. just as much as over there, mm -hmm. it will work out. Yes. So when you said 40 was a highway, mm -hmm. it is a highway, and it was organized by Senator mm -hmm. Mikulski, mm -hmm. and you know, it was to build up her neighborhood, mm -hmm. but it got dropped off in an uh, unders underserved community. Mm -hmm. And because of that, mm -hmm. that's why that highway exists today. So mm -hmm. it's gonna be an uh, uphill battle, and we gotta organize, not just here, Everywhere. West Baltimore, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, to be able to change the dynamics of that highway. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. right. Thank you so much for that. So my name is Brian Sweeney. I serve as president of the Highland Town Community Association, which is just south and uh, east of the uh, target area here. Um, the reason I want to be involved with this is because I've seen firsthand what can happen with roadways and creative divide. Um, in Highland Town, we're a pretty large neighborhood. And east of Highland Avenue, between Highland Avenue and Patterson Park is uh, received an awful lot of investment over the past, uh, well, since I've been here, about 10 years. Um, so it's, uh, it's clean, uh, relatively speaking, um, you know, nice, quiet. It's very uh, Cantony without having, um, you know, the bars as many and that kind of thing. So it's actually very, very lovely there. Um, when you cross Highland Avenue, which is a wide street, uh, bus routes, um, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, there, I saw an economic study where when you crossed Highland Avenue to the east, it actually dropped not one but two economic uh, uh, benchmarks, and, and I recall exactly what they were, uh, but it had to do with property values and that kind of thing. So it can show you what a divide like that can do uh, for the economics on both sides of the street. Uh, there was literally a right side and a wrong side of Highland Avenue because it's a fast street. So we lobbied for 
several years to get four-way stop signs put in at two of our intersections just to slow traffic between the traffic lights. And we finally got them uh, less than a year ago. Um, I can't say that it's a direct correlation because we were starting to get some, some real investment on the east side and that's uh, continued, but we finally got our four-way stops, which means that it's much safer to cross Highland Avenue, traffic is much slower, uh, so it's no longer the economic divide that it was. So now Highland Avenue is, is poised for uh, some investment uh, where it's had disinvestment for an awful long time and it's, it's no longer the divide. So that's kind of why I'm here. I do want to touch on trash um, quickly. We collectively as residents of this city have got to demand uh, enforcement uh, for trash pickup and you know dumping and just handling of trash properly and I don't want to dwell on it here but I think that we all need to reach out to our city council people and say hey we expect some enforcement of dumping and some education regarding uh, trash mismanagement and that kind of thing because it really creates uh, it's, it's far more than an eyesore it's a health issue yeah. and such so we all need to push for that as well yeah. so thank you so we'll just have Dave speak quickly and then we'll move on to Yes, I don't even know if this thing's on here. Uh, you can speak to him right there. Oh, okay. Uh, my name is Dave Workmeister. I'm the president of the Patterson Park Neighborhood Association. Um, transportation has been a hot button issue in Patterson Park for a long time. Uh, we have uh, Colin here, who is our transportation chair, um, who is probably one of my favorite people involved with the organization because he is an absolute bulldog. Um, and if, if I'm being honest, I'm tired of fighting DOT. Um, you know, with the requests we make, um, trying to make more complete livable streets um, is like pushing a, a, a boulder up a mountain. Um, you know, I feel like we're always, I, I feel like they feel the requests that we're making that, that we're not on the same team. Um, and that's a frustrating position to be in. Um, Colin has done an amazing job trying to build relationships, but also hold people accountable. Um, and I feel, you know, with with as organized as and, and lucky as we've been, I can't even imagine what it's like for other neighborhoods when they're making requests and you know the reaction that they're going to get there. So, you know, I think we can all work together to um, you know to to try to figure out best practices, and there's power in numbers. And yeah. if we can focus on this corridor right here and, and make a difference, we can make a model to expand other places. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Thank you for, oh, Just one more comment, and then let's, uh, I want to move on to mapping, because we're a so I guess in terms of some of the kind of, uh, hi, my name is Ava Richardson. I live in the care community. And in terms of some of the kind of um, things that we can measure and track over time, especially as it relates to traffic and congestion, I think engaging in more like citizen-led or community-led opportunities to collect data on our air quality mm -hmm. and how that compares to other neighborhoods could be really interesting to build this case um, because I, I do feel that because of the congestion and, and um, the, the amount of traffic that we have running through our neighborhoods, that it has become a problem. Also, um, seeing more policies and um, 
disincentives to drive. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> we have a very car-centric city. Um, oftentimes walking or biking around, I don't feel safe at all. And drivers don't see you mm -hmm. <laughs> even when you're walking. Mm -hmm. And that's very concerning for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think as it relates to the trash, obviously uh, the dumping and um, you know, that, that is an issue, but I think kind of like going a step up and thinking about the sourcing and thinking about how just so much of our like reducing waste and how we, we don't typically engage communities on this issue of like waste prevention. And I think we have to be more critical about that uh, because right now we're, we're actually producing a lot of waste at, at the consumer level and that uh, is very much the result of um, being a part of a system and an economy that promotes waste. And so I think if we can uh, be more intentional about engaging communities uh, as well as providing an infrastructure for where people can drop off refrigerators and mat mattresses um, so they don't have to dump them. So I think it's obviously enforcement is important, but I think it's also um, creating better systems to um, cl close the loop on our waste and, and um, engaging communities on that topic specifically. Thank you for that. Okay, so very quickly, because we got to last part to all of that sometimes when I'll go past Patterson Park one side looks really really pretty and when you cross over to another side it doesn't that's sad sometimes but another thing I think they should start putting recycle bins all over the city mm -hmm. that'll stop just stacks of trash going into one can I've seen it on Patterson Park side but you need it in a city side because one side of your city looks like county and one side of your city looks sad. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. And not equal. So now what I would like to do, it's a little more interactive. We, we printed out a map of the quarter we're going to try to start working on. So this is not hard and fast, but we're going to focus on this area first. And that's how we got all everyone together. Um, so what I'm hoping we can do is I'll put out these pins, and if there are specific problem areas that you know about, for example, there was an accident there, or the constant speeding, or going the wrong way, trash, what, you know, whatever it may be, let's put a pin in it. If there's already a pin, and you have an issue with that area, throw it in there anyways, and we're gonna, that will take three minutes to do that, and then we'll come back to our seats and just kind of flesh out some of these what these kind of more specific issues are so we can get a sense of like is it all lighting is it all speeding it, or maybe it's a mixed bag but we just love to kind of get a feel for what people are seeing in their day-to-day -day lives in the corridor so I will put out these pins and also I just put out um, post-its just for kind of notes but also if you're starting to think of what are solutions or other things that you want to share that we make sure we capture, um, feel free to write, and I can put out pens as well. So if this, if this row wants to start maybe, I'll put out. So how do you want us to tell you what the problem is? So once we come back to our seats, we're gonna talk about it in a group. Okay. And then um, Chris Lee will take notes. All right. So 
We've got our visual. I have a few more from a transfer song from this gentleman okay. who just told me so. Okay. Okay. So Thanks. while Miss Marcella is doing that, can some people speak to what they pinned? So specifically the issue, and also I would love to hear any ideas on solutions. Mary? I, um, I pinned Linwood and Orlean Street because one house has been hit 15 times in the 30 years I've been there, and serious oh, damages. Wow. And about 12 years ago, we really worked with the city, the state's attorney's office, and getting a camera light to stop the red lights. But it's more and more, there's more accidents occurring in the past few years. People have been crashing into other houses on the other side, and lampposts have been coming down. And I think this is um, indicative of that speeding. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to the time. The last major accident was some, uh, some undercover cops chasing um, drug dealers, and five cars and people got wiped out on Linwood. So I think we have to be very careful about um, police chases and um, and people thinking they can just speed away on drug activities because most of those were related. Except for the major crash in the house was off duty from police. Okay. Thank you. Hello. Oh, yes. 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 Elwood Park, which is like Elwood and Orleans and in between the galleries. That whole area is drug infested, um, drug needles in the park, roads, the alleys are, are being trashed. I remember years ago, uh, you could, the alleys used to be so clean and the area Ooh. used to be so nice. What was it? Now it's just like trash everywhere you look. Everybody uses that area for dumping sites, especially right across the street from um, the Elwood Park on the Jefferson side. But you can't even take your children to the park without being afraid of step or going across a drug needle. And actually, people are prostituting in that park as well. So it's not even a friendly park for the kids. And I think something really needs to be done about that. Thank you. And by the way, let me also say this, that we need more community support. Like for instance, today we're doing a neighborhood um, sidewalk sale. So when everybody leaves here, you can come between <laughs> the 300 and the 400 block of Elwood. We're just out there trying to sell things and, and trying to support the neighborhood. But back to the rats and all that, definitely, you can't drink, you can't, I can't take my children, grandchildren to the park without worrying about a fight or drugs, and then rats, the rodents, oh my goodness, it's crazy, and this used to be a really nice neighborhood. So would you say your name? Tawanda, I'm sorry, Tawanda. Thank you so and much. And I live in a 300 block of North Elwood. And also I just wanted to let you know that we are trying to get someone from Rexton Park on this advisory group so they hear things like that as well. <laughs> oh, we will definitely share, but just so you know. All right, thank you. Okay, a couple of things that I had put down, um, I mean, for me personally, we had an open-air drug market on my block for months. And what was your block? 400 North Lover, and the police didn't do anything. Um, I couldn't even get groceries out of my car one day because they were dealing at my car and they thought mm -hmm. it was funny. Um, we've had people propped up, stoned on drugs on people's stoops because they thought it was funny. Um, we've had people... Um, dead with needles behind in alleys. Um, that was in between Glover and um, Lakewood. So um, I think part of the king of it is the corner deli store. 
Um, also, like I said, I marked because we had speeding on the three. There's also not a, um, there's a stop sign on Glover leaving, but there's no, it's very difficult to cross over Orleans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I'm either terrified of having a wreck or losing tread on my car every time. Sure. Um, I tried to pin other things in the community where I knew that there were problems um, on the 400 of North Rose. There um, have been a lot of shootings. I was told by Safe Streets that at least until the drug activity calmed down after they shot somebody on my block, and then they kind of pulled back for a bit. It's been coming back a bit. Um, I was told by Safe Streets that at least at that time, um, part of the drug war was rooting off of the 400, and if you found somebody knifed or with a gunshot, they had left Glover and gone to other blocks. I know that somebody was shot in the face um, uh, because they shot somebody on the 400 of Rose and then they were shot on Clover. So that edge, and I don't know, I don't know whether some of that is gentrification pushing north, that it's getting so much hotter in that area. Um, I've heard from other people that have lived in the city for like their whole life that because, um, because the lack of opportunity and people are being pushed into tighter places, then things are getting bigger because there's less places to do things to try to put food on your table. Let's mm -hmm. just, you know, not say it in judgment and say that career choice is running into difficulties. Um, I also tried to mark other places where there were um, problems where I know there were um, other shootings or things like that in the neighborhood. I'm sure I missed a, a few. Um, so one of the things that I would say would definitely resolve something, I think, would be um, a very wide open hours community center um, so that there was a place for people to go. When I first, when I first moved to the area, and uh, I, oh, I, we've also got, as far as I know, at least two drug squads on my block. Um, What's a drug squad for? Um, it's for a squad know. where they only do drugs. Maybe. Okay, okay, or I thought you were trafficking saying. Or other things. And um, so uh, when I first moved in, I ran into problems because the crew that would deal drugs, I found out um, from another neighbor, actually had squatted in my home, and that's why I had so many problems with them. I had actually, um, uh, Rawlings Blake was the mayor at the time, and um, I spoke up and open with cameras rolling that we need more activity for the children. And she had showed up and started something for a community center, and then, of course, change of administration, sure. and that got dropped for McElroy Park. But I'd been trying for that. Um, also, I noted um, Jefferson and Linwood, I think it is, and that may have been mentioned prior. Um, that's like a racetrack. Mm -hmm. And if I'm trying to come along Jefferson to go back home, there's no stop sign. There's nothing to stop traffic on Linwood. And the way people park, I can't see to get across that street. And I've been this close to getting hit. I don't even know how many times. Mm -hmm. So solution for that? So I don't have that. stats on who might have been hit there, but I know it, it, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. So what's your recommended solution for that one? My recommended solution for that one is at least a four-way stop, possibly also some type of um, uh, bump out not to lose parking, because I know that's going to be an issue, but something where ideally people can't um, park right on the corner. I also don't know if that's a wide enough thing that we could take and limit the lanes and then make some um, angle parking. 
Um, that way we don't lose parking, but that we can ho hopefully make sure people don't park right up to the edge because whether maybe a four-way stop would help that being able to park up to the edge, but that's also an issue there too, and you probably know that from your yeah. neighborhood. Okay, so Tia and then Colin. I think uh, Colin was first. Colin, then oh, Tia. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, so I marked uh, really the major corridors, Fayette, Orleans, Madison, and Monument. And when it comes to me, the, the biggest thing I see in these corridors is that they just seem to be designed for high-speed traffic and not for the people living around them. And given the high number of residences, given all the businesses, given the places that people, children, adults need to go, um, I just think it's an unfair condition to prioritize these unsafe, fast-moving vehicles. So I think to make the area more livable, to make it more walkable, to make it safer for people trying to get to the park, for kids trying to get to school, for people trying to get to their transit stops, uh, I think we need to see uh, curbside parking restored. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's an unsafe condition to have 40-mile-an-hour cars directly adjacent to a sidewalk. So. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see peak parking restrictions removed on all those corridors, um, and Orleans specifically, I really think that they need to consider a road diet and, and cutting that road down to, mm -hmm. to restore parking. Can I add to what he said? I'm a crossing guard, it's several schools. I'm a crossing guard, and in the area where you're speaking, it's several, it's several schools in the area, mm -hmm. and the cars run the lights, mm -hmm. like it's no, uh, it's, it's just crazy. And I actually feel like these children are in danger. I'm in danger. Because mm -hmm. um, they don't stop, even though it's a school district. It's like a school one block from another. Patterson um, Charter School and a William Packer Elementary School. Kids will dash out. And these cars will not stop. And the area where you're speaking, it definitely needs to be like four-way um, stop signs more than the light because they run the light the mm -hmm. light won't stop them because they'll try to beat that um, mm -hmm. That yellow, yellow light, light. Mm -hmm. but a stop sign will make you stop right there and especially mm -hmm. near yeah. the schools We need those because Especially when Packer, it's like you got Orleans, you got um, Lakewood, you got Fayette all all joined together so it's like six different areas and a crossing guard trying to do all of this with these little kids, it's almost impossible you need to keep everybody safe. We do have, even with two on the corner, it's still sometimes impossible because you have a school here and up the street, a block, another school. So you have traffic coming all uh, both ways and then you have these cars <coughs> speeding and running the lights. Yeah, so I want to, I want to, hold something. Okay. Okay. It, um, can it be very quick though? Because yeah, we have ten yeah. minutes out, and I yeah. want to respect that Tia was been waiting and Beth has been waiting. My worry about and stop signs is people have blown those. Um, also, I forgot to add red solutions speed bumps. Um, solution speed bumps, in my opinion, especially on the ones that um, come near the schools when we can on the 400s because there are so many problems there on Glover, Luzerne, Lakewood. People have been hit. Other areas to get some type of speed bump because drop a transmission, people start slowing down or they'll go somewhere else. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so uh, again, mm -hmm. I live on Orleans um, and I, I've seen the plans to, to eliminate, to, to drop it down to just two lanes of active traffic with parking. My concern there is there are huge, uh, there are huge uh, Track, track, I don't know what they're, what they're called track right now, 18-wheelers, whatever. Yeah. They're going down the road, and so if, if it's going to be hitting 
instead of hitting houses, it's going to be hitting cars. And then people are like, there's like so many issues that go with that. Where are the buses going to go? How are the buses going to get through the neighborhood? Um, like, I think like one thing that I just thought about is, and I think about it all the time when I'm driving, is I have to come down Orleans past Hopkins to get to my house. Um, and parking is an issue, but like I can figure that out. It's not a huge deal. But if you're coming down from uh, Orleans, from this, this city, through by Hopkins, you notice that their traffic is very still by Hopkins. Why? Because people know that they need to keep that traffic stop still. And there's a ton of, like, stop. There's a ton of um, uh, lights there. Sorry, I'm just, like, trying to be quick. There's a ton of lights there, and so the traffic is very slow because they're being mindful that people are going to the hospital and they're paying a lot of money there. But there, the issue here is that we're not caring about the residents and Dean and I were speaking, and it's largely around race. Mm -hmm. The Orleans and Fayette are around predominantly black and brown communities yes. that are disinvested. And we have to speak about race because those voices aren't being heard. And how are we going to use the white privilege that we have in this space? And I'm speaking of my own yes. because I'm a mixed race black woman. How are we gonna use that to go and speak with our neighbors to figure out mm -hmm. what they feel like they need because we don't really know the problem, even though I live on Orleans, I still don't know the dang problem. And so how are we going to activate those and make sure that we're making long lasting solutions, not solutions that are gonna end up damaging the neighborhoods that have already been disinvested. Mm -hmm. Thank you, so Beth and then Megan. Good morning. I'm like everybody else, I'm expecting it to be louder when I speak. And, um, <laughs> my name is Beth Braun, I'm the president of Butchers, the Butchers Hill Association, and I'm sorry I didn't introduce myself earlier, I've just been listening. And I agree completely with everything that's been said in terms of traffic, but I think it's really important to also look at the other side of it. If we just calm all the traffic and don't eliminate the number of cars that are coming in, it's just gonna push it somewhere else. Um, and, and if that's what needs to happen, if that's part of the problem, then that's fine, it may be. But that can't be the only solution. We have to limit the number of cars that are coming into the city um, and hopefully educate the people, as was said earlier, that are in those cars at the same time. Thank you, Beth. Megan? I think most of the issue is the community doesn't wanna help each other. Y'all asking for speed bumps, y'all asking for stop signs. You should be asking for people that are on the streets of God help guide the kids across the road, help guide elderly people across the road. I think most of the issue is people don't want to help people. So we put signs and bumps and road gears in the way to fill in because nobody wants to help each other. Dina? I can make it real fast. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, I was just going to say, I'm thinking about um, some of the experiences I've had walking kids to school at Commodore. And I've seen crossing guards almost get run over. I've walked through um, crosswalks with students where a car's trying to beat the light and ends up hitting another car right in front of the kids. And all that keeps coming to my mind is it does not have to be this way in this community. And I would like to see us collecting stories of people's experiences here from like not just present times, but 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, um, to use that to inform the changes that we make but also keeping in mind that the people who are the most most impacted need to have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. um, and some of us in this room are not the most impacted if we've been in this neighborhood for a year or two years or three years. So I wanted to note that, and I think um, a good solution would be, I don't think that we always realize how much collective power we have as a community, mm -hmm. and I'd love to see us do 
some asset mapping to see like what are our networks, where is our personal power, and how can we bring that into the community? Mm -hmm. How can we connect each other to resources? And like what background knowledge do we have that we can bring to solve this problem? Because it is solvable. We just have to do it as a community. Um, and I think that that's what's not happening because as someone just said, the more that we make solutions in this area, the problem is just gonna get pushed somewhere else. So I want us to figure out how are we gonna make a solution that's good for everyone, not just for our corridor. Just quickly, so just quickly, the crossing the, the main streets, Orleans and Fayette is a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And as David was saying, that folks that don't have in neighborhoods are going over into other neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So is it designed that way so that way folks cannot cross into other neighborhoods? Like, I think that we have to address that specifically. Mm -hmm. Like, it's being that you can't cross those areas, mm -hmm. and is that designed to stay that way? Mm -hmm. Because once the, it's made that way, people can cross over. Mm -hmm. So I want to jump on your point, which I really appreciate, about <laughs> we need to empower everyone in the community that's most affected. So one thing that we have been doing is there's about 5,000-plus 5, households in this corridor. That we, that we can get on a list. Now, that's not everyone registered, but it's the list that we can get. So there's more than that, but 5,000 is what we have, and we're trying to knock on doors to let them know that we're talking about these issues. Mm -hmm. So this is my ask for you all. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone is willing and able to come out, Chris Lee and I canvas every week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and either Saturday or Sundays. Mm -hmm. If anyone is willing and able to come out with us, also recruit friends to come out with yeah, us yeah. to knock on doors so we can get out to as many people who aren't able to make meetings, who mm -hmm. aren't, you know, on Facebook, who mm -hmm. all of these things. So I would love it if um, after this, if you could just let me know on the sign up sheet, maybe star your name, mm -hmm. put your phone number so I can reach out to you. Um, I, I would really appreciate that because I, I'm 100% with you and that is our whole thing that we're trying to get to as many doors as possible and reach out to as many people and in as many ways as we can. So that's one of the next steps. Um, the other is that we, we would love to keep in touch with everyone and we want to have another meeting probably in November. Um, and that will be a little bit more concentrated. So based on what we heard around problems and potential solutions, we're going to look towards um, bringing in people who can walk us through, like, what would that look like? How can we do that? That kind of thing. Um, we also want this to be a space where you're networking and connecting with each other because this is not one neighborhood problem. It's, mm -hmm. it's the whole city, but we're starting in this quarter. So we really want those connections to be made and, and kept. Um, so if you have suggestions on ways to stay connected with that as well, that was part of the icebreaker is to get people to talk. Um, so definitely that as well. Um, I want to thank Chrisley for keeping notes um, and John. And any other last questions? Two-second question. Is everyone on Facebook? Because I know no. that even though everybody has phones, not that everyone can is on Facebook. Absolutely. We're aware of that. Yeah. A lot of people don't have easy internet access. Exactly. And so if you can help me to brainstorm, we, we're aware of that, but if you can help me to brainstorm around ways to reach out with people who may not be on internet or don't want to be on Facebook. If you want to give your number, next thing I can tell you, just when you put your name, I guess next time when people feel comfortable, put your name and your number and things you want to work on and see, make 
a list of papers and suggestions and let people sign up and have their own thoughts. You could even write it on the post-it right now if you Makes have, sense. you know, if you want to put people your People can just your put their number your... down and make a group that they want to work on. People want to work on the park. People want to work on housing. People want, yes. people want to work on the <coughs> trash issue or redecorating, regrowing trees for the pollution that's killing them now. So yeah, but we hope to committee for that. Yeah, we hope to be the... If, if those committees are going to happen, amazing, and we want them citizen-led. Um, but we hope to be uh, a part of it so that we can make sure there's not re redundancy. We're not doing what other people are already doing. That's why we want to connect all the different players in this, including city agencies, elected officials, residents, neighborhood presidents, like all, bringing everyone to the table. So yeah. great suggestion, and we hope that that happens with subcommittees. Liam? Um. I just wanted to say, so I'm Liam Davis, uh, and I'm, I work for the Baltimore City Department of Transportation as their legislative affairs manager, and um, you know, I recently joined DOT about six months ago. I just want to say like, how impressed I am with this group coming together. Uh, this is a, a great start, a great kickoff, um, and I am really looking forward to seeing um, some of your ideas come into fruition. Um, I do want to say, the department is kind of in a transitional period, and I see a lot of good things in our future. Uh, but I think, the, to speak quite honestly, it's going to take some time for us to get where we need to be. So I uh, just want folks to be mindful of our capacity to deliver things, and, and DOT in specific, uh, when we're talking about funding sources for projects, things can take a little bit of time. but. Um, a lot of the things that are being talked about today, making our streets safer, slowing cars down, and going away from cars in a lot of ways, those are concepts and ideas that are being embraced by the agency. Uh, they have been uh, starting to, but I see that, that kind of revving up. So let's be encouraged. Let's also be um, you know, mindful of our capacity right now. My name is Sachin Hebar, and I live in the county. I don't live here, but I still came here because what happens here impacts us, and what happens out there impacts you all. And transit is one of my, you know, uh, passions, and that's the reason why I came all the way here. So um, about what you said, you know, uh, Orleans and uh, Route 40, that's Pulaski Highway. Uh, one of the things that happens is a lot of employees who work at Hawkins, uh, they use that street to get out of the city and to come in the morning. And the solution for that is to work with Johns Hopkins to encourage more employees uh, to use public transit. And, uh, you know, and so there are a number of specific things that you know, uh, so Rachel Santo, you know, I guess you must have seen uh, her recent articles on S Central Maryland Transit Alliance, uh, Transportation Alliance. She had an article. And so she is pushing for, you know, like free passes for, you know, for, for employees and for, for transit. I mean, that's one of the things that, other things that I want to see is uh, there are many bus stops around Johns Hopkins Hospital, and I see a lot of employees and, uh, not just, uh, I mean, patients and patients' families who use those bus stops, and there are no, uh, you know, uh, there are no shelters. And Hawkins has enough money to put shelters there. 
-hmm. Okay. And secondly, I think uh, uh, what uh, what uh, the CDDOT can do is, you know, work with Hawkins to find out where these employees who take this Pulaski Highway, you know, where do they live, and is there any way in which we can push them towards using transit? Yeah. So. Thank you. So I just want to close by saying I really appreciate you all showing up. Your time is valuable, and we really appreciate that you decided to spend your Saturday morning with us talking about these issues. So thank you very much for that. Um, three reminders. One is if you are on Facebook and you have not already joined the group, please do. Second is um, once we break, I'll be in the back. So if you do want to volunteer to Canvas and knock on doors, I would love to get your information and chat. Last thing, if you're willing to talk with John about being interviewed, for example, the crossing guard, I mean, those are the stories that we need to capture and share with others because not everyone's in this room, right? So those are the things that we want to kind of capture. So if you're willing to be interviewed, please see John after the meeting. All right. Don't forget about the community support. Yes, that's one of the solutions. That's one of the solutions, right? Community networking. I will help.